The following Agio-supported podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. Please speak with your healthcare professional before making any treatment decisions. The guests on today's show were paid to participate in this podcast. Welcome to ThalPals, the Alpha Beta Revolution. Whether you're a thalassemia patient, a caregiver, a partner, or provider, this podcast is meant for you. I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Kuo. And I'm your co-host, Larice Levine. So, Larice, when we were in New Orleans at ASH, you had an opportunity to sit down with a pretty special guest. That's right, Dr. Kuo. I had the pleasure of talking to Nina Maria Baudelamente, who is a news producer who recently moved to Chicago. She's also a thalassemia patient and is going to talk about managing her disease while managing a demanding full-time job. That's fantastic. Let's listen in. Hi, Nina Maria. We're recording live in <laughs> New Orleans during the ASH convention. Thank you so much for coming down and being with me today. I'm really excited to talk to you and learn about your journey as a person living with thalassemia. So thank you for coming and welcome to Thou Pals. Thank you so much. It's truly a pleasure. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be on the podcast. I'm a fan of the podcast myself. So this is awesome. Thank you so much. Can you tell me just a little bit about yourself, where you live, what you do? Sure. So I'm originally from the Detroit area, born and raised in the suburbs. And I then, out of college, after a few years after college, moved to Indianapolis to follow my career. And just recently, a couple weeks ago, I moved to Chicago following my career as well and moving up and establishing myself. Congratulations. That's exciting. I love Chicago. Can you tell us about your career? Absolutely. I work as a associate news producer on a national platform called News Nation. I myself produced in local news for a few years and had my own show, my own hour of news that I was responsible for. Now I've taken that and I help and pitch in with our national morning show on News Nation, writing, editing, things of that nature. That's exciting. Did you study journalism in college? I did. I started with a communications degree, and I wasn't exactly sure what direction I was going to take it. I just knew that I loved connecting with people and just having a role in the community. Eventually stumbled upon some broadcasting courses and fell in love with it. From there, I found myself in our tiny little campus news uh, little show that we did, and I loved that, and it just snowballed from there. I knew that I wanted a job that had purpose and that served a community, Mm -hmm. that served a purpose. I didn't know what that was, but news is that perfect combination of what I love about broadcasting and production and that side of it, but also being able to supply the community with information. I think it's so important Mm -hmm. as an advocate, patient advocate, you know that spreading news and spreading information. I think information is the most powerful tool you could have. So to be able to have part in that and make sure that the community receives important resources, information that they need. I love my job. I think it's awesome that I get to play a role in that. It is so important, as we know, just from our personal lives, just information and facts and good information and news is so valuable. And so thank you for what you do, because we need real people to bring us important information so I can feel your passion. That's really exciting. Tell me a little bit about your other journey. So you're a woman living with thalassemia, which is also a a lot of work and a kind of a part-time, full-time job. So will you tell me a little bit about that, your journey with thalassemia? I was 
diagnosed at six months old, so I was very small. My Luckily, my pediatrician was actually informed about thalassemia, wow. which I feel so grateful for that I was able to be diagnosed at such a young age and get treatment and find specialists at such a young age. I think that really set me up for success in that regard. So once I was diagnosed, they sent me to Children's Hospital Detroit, where I got in touch with the care team and started transfusions. I've been having regular transfusions since that moment. It used to be every three weeks. Now we're down to about every four weeks. I actually travel back to Detroit. I'm at the same hospital with the same care team at the age of 26. Wow. Which, again, I feel incredibly blessed to have that opportunity to stay with that care team. That's amazing. Which is why I continue to travel across the state four or five hours a month because it's important. I've connected so much with this team. I trust them. They're great. I don't want to sever that connection. And I know that I'm getting the care that I need. That's not always promised everywhere. No, first of all, I'm reeling that your pediatrician knew about thalassemia. That's unusual. Incredible. And that you still go to... This, is it a children's hospital? It is. Okay. And they still are willing. They yeah. still see you. And so you get blood there. So will you tell me just about how that routine, your medical regimen, like how long it takes to go get blood and traveling for it and chelation, if you don't mind sharing? Because traveling for that is huge and you have a really demanding job. So I'm wondering more about your medical regimen, like details. About once a month, every four weeks, I will either like take a sick day or I'll make up a day. Now I'll be able to work from home and I Mm -hmm. use that day to travel. It's usually about a four-hour car ride or a five-hour train ride back to Detroit. Then the next morning, I'll get up in the morning and head over to the hospital. My awesome father drives me there every month. Both my parents are a fantastic support system. And yep, we go to the hospital and it takes a while to draw blood, test it, Wait for the results. You do the typing order cross the blood. In the yep. Okay. Check my hemoglobin, typing cross, all of that. Order the blood, wait for it to come in, and then finally receive the blood, which usually takes about the, the transfusion itself, maybe about two hours, mm-hmm. a little, maybe a little more. And then, yeah, my dad drives me back. They give me Benadryl because mm-hmm. I've gotten reactions okay. to the blood. So just as a precaution, so I get lethargic yeah. and tired. Sleepy. So that way my dad takes care of the driving, so I have to drive while I'm sleepy. Do you get two units or one? Yes, always two. Always uh, two. In the past, I've gotten three, but I've actually been doing really well lately as far as where my hemoglobin has been at, so we've been good at two. And you went from three to four weeks, so unusually I thought you were going to say, oh, I went from five to four to three, mm-hmm. but you are waiting more time. Is there a reason for that, or just you're just uh, hanging on to your hemoglobin? Yeah, I've been receiving the blood really well, and so I think as I grew up, and we, that's the thing about having the same care team is like they know my history mm-hmm. and we can see what can we push, what can we get. Okay, you're doing really well. Let's try four weeks. We'll give you three bags. Okay. Testing that out. And we found a good regimen where okay. I could get enough blood to last me four weeks. I've tried pushing five weeks. I feel really sick by mm-hmm. the time we get to that last week. So four weeks is in that sweet spot. Okay. How do you, it's a lot. As a fellow patient, I know that it's a time takes a lot of time to care for yourself. How do you juggle work and health and keep on top of both? Because your job's demanding, your health is demanding. So how do you juggle that? It can be tricky. I think the number one rule I continue to remind myself 
because it's not always easy, is take your health seriously. I try to take my health seriously. I put my medicine, my treatments as a priority, and I figure everything else around that, and I don't limit myself. My job is demanding. I actually also work the overnight shift. It can be a lot, but I've figured out this pattern, this routine, and I know what I can handle. I know what I can't. I listen to my body, and it's getting into that routine, making sure that I'm taking my medicine every day, making sure that I know when my next appointment is, communicate that to my boss, Mm -hmm. making sure that a month out, I can make sure that I have that day so I can go back and get my treatments. Agios is a biopharmaceutical company that's fueled by connections with patient communities, healthcare professionals, patients, and each other. Building on these connections and the company's unmatched leadership in the field of cellular metabolism, Angios is pioneering therapies of genetically defined diseases, a broad group of rare and more common diseases that are typically severe and life-threatening. Near-term, Angios is focusing on hemolytic and acquired anemias, including sickle cell disease, pyruvate kinase, or PK deficiency, and thalassemia. To learn more, visit agios.com. That's A-G-I-O-S dot com. So a lot of patients say, should I tell my job during an interview? Should I tell them at all? Should I talk to the people I work with? So how do you, it sounds like your boss knows you have thalassemia. How do you navigate that process? Communication with the work and before you got the job or after, how do you navigate that? That's, I think, as anyone in our shoes has experienced, it's scary. It's Mm -hmm. scary. It's very vulnerable. I see it as this is something that I have to deal with and that I navigate and that I will continue to navigate. It should not get in the way of whether I get this job or not. I know I have the skills, my blood condition, my health. I know what I'm doing and that's separate. Mm -hmm. So I personally like to wait until after I get the job. I don't think that's something they need to know ahead Mm -hmm. of time and dictate whether I get a job or not. Mm -hmm. I personally won't let it. And so I wait until I have received the job. And then if it wasn't necessary for me to communicate to them, I think I wouldn't be as inclined. But the more I've experienced I'm glad that I do need to because the more I've experienced, it's like that's spreading awareness and explaining to more people and just getting it out there. But because I do need that extra day off to get my treatments, I communicate that to them as soon as we've established, okay, let's get you acclimated into our system. Mm-hmm. You got the job. Great. Here's something. And I kind of lay it out for them. This is a thing. This is how I have navigated it in the past. I'm open to suggestions. What can we do so that I can do my job to the fullest and also take my health seriously? Have you ever run into challenges at other jobs? From a boss standpoint, I haven't. I've been really lucky that Mm -hmm. they've been really willing to work with me and understanding about that. When it comes to coworkers, I think that's like another challenge. Mm -hmm. I think that's another thing to consider. Like, how do I tell them? When do I tell them? Like, they notice, like, I'm off once a month on a Friday. Mm-hmm. It's a repetitive schedule. People pick up on things. So in the past, I've had situations where, why, is, it seems like she's always off. We're short-staffed and it's hard. That itself weighs on me. Having a demanding job and knowing that when I'm not there, other people have to pick up the slack. It's hard knowing that and knowing that I don't have a choice, but I wish I did. Mm-hmm. And so when people don't know and coworkers don't understand Why is this happening? Why does she keep getting this? She's not here. Why isn't she here? It causes some headbutting. It causes some tension Mm -hmm. because they don't understand. I think people like automatically think, oh, she's taking it a long weekend or she's going Mm -hmm. on vacation, whatever it is. So I think that has been an obstacle and something I've had to learn how to work through. But what I've noticed is 
Communication. Communication is key and explaining to people when the time is right. Most people receive it well. Mm. Then they get some understanding of, oh, this is what's happening. Oh, she's actually going through this. She's not having a day off. She's actually in the hospital. They understand the situation better. Yeah, they'd rather be working than having a needle in their arm. So you tell them when it's right, the time is right. And so most of them are, no, they're compassionate. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, everyone, I think, is compassionate once they understand. Mm. It's kind of, no one has really taken it badly and navigating when is the right time. That's still something that I question Mm -hmm. myself. I got a new job and I'm like, when do I let them know? When does it get, it's like finding that natural time. Mm -hmm. I understand completely. I imagine that you have to consider insurance and benefits when you find a job. And do you have to take just sick time or do you have to take vacation time too? Do you have enough to cover your days off for blood? Yeah, Insurance is a big deal for us. It's something that is probably priority when it comes to applying for a job. Okay, once they offer it to me, what's your healthcare policy? What's the coverage like? Am I going to be covered? Is where I get treatments going to be covered? Is my doctor going to be covered? Is the treatment itself going to be covered? Is the medicine going to be covered? It's a lot. And that's something I have struggled myself figuring out, especially like being a young adult and getting a new job and having my own insurance now. It's it's a lot and it's confusing and nobody really fully understands it. Even when you like go to get help from whatever resources, it's like nobody actually knows until you're in that situation and you're like, okay, let's see what the bill is. It's scary. Yeah. So doing as much homework ahead of time as I can and learning about the policy, communicating with the company on the phone and all of that, it's important. It sucks to do, but it's very mm-hmm. important. And as far as taking those days off, Sick days don't cut it. I don't have enough sick days to cover all of my treatments, let alone anytime I actually do get sick. A lot of times I try not to use vacation days. I have here Mm -hmm. and there because I would like to have vacation too. I would like to have time away from work, time to decompress, time to be with family. So I try my hardest not to take the vacation days. I usually work with my boss with my work and see what I can do to make up mm-hmm. on a weekend and get a comp day. Or now it looks like I can do like a work from home type of deal. So mm-hmm. that would help a lot. That way I can use less sick days. And when I get sick, mm-hmm. I don't have to go to work sick and feel miserable and actually be able to take the time to recover and things like that. Yeah, it's always depressing to take vacation time for a transfusion. Yeah. Oh, it sucks. Have you ever turned a job down because of thalassemia? Because you didn't think that the schedule was conducive to having a chronic illness or that the insurance was bad, like a job you wanted that you didn't take? Has thalassemia impacted job choice? Fortunately, I've not come across that issue That's yet. Awesome. Hopefully I won't have to. As far as shifts, I have agreed and I have been working third shift, overnight shift, and I knew it would come with its challenges, especially being a thalassemia patient, being tired sometimes. That adds on to it. Mm-hmm. But I like to challenge myself and push myself within certain boundaries. Mm-hmm. And when I was first offered that job, it was actually my first job in news. And that's kind of always where you start. Every time you build up, you're back on that third (laughs) shift. But I was like, you know what? Let me at least try. If it doesn't work out, if I'm too tired, if I'm not able to do my job, if I don't feel well, then I will reassess and I'll figure it out. I'll do something else. But I had to at least try just before limiting myself because I knew that was my dream was to work in news. I knew what I wanted and that was part of it. That was taking a step into it. And so... I did it, and thankfully, it's been able to work out for me. I'm inspired by your motivation and your persistence and your willingness to push yourself within limits and boundaries and 
just knowing what those are. And I'm happy you're living your dream job. Like, that's so exciting. A lot of patients, younger patients, and a lot of parents say, like, can they go to college? Can my child have a career? Or can I have a career? You've achieved so much. What's some advice you'd give to younger patients or the parents of patients who are worried? Can they obtain an education? Can they get their dream job? What are some of your words of wisdom for them? Just don't limit yourself. Just that. I think, especially in the early stages and learning and figuring out life with thalassemia, for kids and parents, it can be scary. You don't really know what you're getting yourself into. You don't really know what that's going to look like as you grow up and as you get older. But just taking it step by step. And I think just really, yes, we have certain things we have to do that others don't in order to live our life and to live our best and fullest life. But because we have this option to get treatment and to continue living that best life, do just that. Don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself before you even know thalassemia will limit you in a way. I think see yourself as normal. We are normal people. Everyone has something. This is our thing. And it might look different than others, and that's okay. But I think you can absolutely live a normal life. You can get an education. You can get your career job. You can move to your dream city. Like you can do all of those things. And it might seem like a feat. There might be obstacles. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. there's going to be obstacles, just like anything else. But there are ways around those obstacles. They're there for a reason. They're going to make you stronger. And as long as you keep your health in priority and take your health seriously, take your health in your own hands, there's no reason that you can't reach your goals. I love that. That's awesome. I'm so grateful that we do have options, that thalassemia is a lot of work and it is an obstacle, but we have options on how to care for ourselves. And there's a lot of things that you don't. You have a diagnosis and there's nothing you can do. And we're really lucky that we have options. And then also in this country, we have access to safe blood and medication to be able to live our best lives. And I wish that for all patients around the globe, that someday we'll achieve that for everybody, because it's a real gift to be able to do what we love. And I can see that you're living your best life. So I wish you much success and happiness as you start this new adventure in Chicago and your job. That's really exciting. It's wonderful what you've done. And I hope that you keep it up. Keep up the good work. Yeah, of course. Definitely. That's all for today's episode. Again, I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Quo, and I liked it personally. Thank you for listening to Thou Pals, The Alpha Beta Revolution. Don't forget to hit that follow button in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Share the show with members of the thalassemia community. Thou Pals, The Alpha Beta Revolution is made possible by Agios Pharmaceuticals, Inc. Visit agios.com to learn more. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Thou Pals, the Alpha Beta Revolution. Bye, everybody.